welcome to Finance Friday on the KenzaPod. Kenza Collective is a platform designed to inspire and support parents who work as independent contractors. We are a community of like-minded parents united in our vision that career and parenthood can exist in harmony. So whether you're thinking of taking the leap into freelancing, you're a seasoned freelancer looking to learn more about how to run your business, or you're anything in between, we welcome you. Together, let's reinvent what it means to be a working parent. My name is Tiffany Jones. I'm the founder of Kenza. Let's get into it. Before we dive into this week's episode, I wanted to let you know of a super helpful and free resource that just launched at KenzaCollective.com. It's called the Capacity Planning Tool. When you sign up, you will receive access to a mini course taught in less than 25 minutes by yours truly, as well as access to a Google Drive folder where you can make a copy of the Google Sheet template and get to work right away. In just 10 to 15 minutes each week, that's once a week, you can get a high-level overview of all the projects and clients you're juggling mixed with any family responsibilities that you have so that you can quickly see where you should prioritize yourself. You'll also be able to see when a lull in work and cash flow is coming and when you may have a crazy day or a crazy week coming up. The ultimate point of this tool is to help you get out ahead of problems and stress so that you can be preventative and make a plan. I've shared this with a lot of my freelancing friends and they rave about how helpful it's been. So I am super excited that I've been able to make this available to you all completely for free. If this sounds interesting, head over to kenzacollective.com slash process to sign up and get started right away. kenzacollective.com slash process. All right, let's get into this week's episode. As you may discover, as you jump into this freelance world, there are several legal ways that you can sort of set up your business and understanding your options is very important as you venture off into this world. You know, maybe if you're just getting started, you're kind of feeling it out, making sure it's right for you, but there's going to come a point where you should really start investigating what type of business you should set up and and how that's going to benefit your financial and tax situation. So you may have heard of like an LLC, a limited liability company, or maybe you stay as a sole sole proprietor. Um, But one option that you may not have considered before is incorporating. There are several advantages to incorporating your company, even if it's just you and no other employees. And today we're going to talk about when it might be time to consider this and how you would go about starting to look into it. And we just want to help you understand the costs and some of the ongoing maintenance that's involved. So our goal in this episode is just to kind of plant the seed and give you a little overview and then, you know, leave it up to you to really go talk to that expert that you're working with on your tax and business structure situation, especially because a lot of what we're going to be talking about can slightly change from state to state. And so you want to make sure you have a great understanding of what it's like in your particular state. So what's really cool about this episode is that we have Kirsten Smith with us, an enrolled agent and owner of Balance Tax Solutions here with us. And we also have Beth, who you all know as the CFO as Kenza and our expert advisor on all things finance. So we get to hear both sides of this, the financial side and the tax side, which obviously those go together, but you know what I'm saying. Just to give you a quick background on Kirsten, so she has been doing taxes for 
20 years and has assisted many companies with bookkeeping and handling of business entity requirements. She is also a single mom of two young adult children, and she balanced employment, freelance work, and parenting for many, many years. And she specializes in taxes for freelancers, small businesses, and solopreneurs. So Beth, maybe you can kick us off by just kind of setting the stage and telling us why you oftentimes will encourage people to consider incorporating. Um, So I have my companies set up as corporations. And in one case, it's because the company is a construction company and it's rather complicated. And so rather than being a sole proprietor and having all of that complication run through my personal financial uh, fortunes, I set up a corporation. Well, and, and, and we've talked about this in, in the last episode with Kirsten about how you should understand what is uh, for for your particular industry, what are the best practices? And it turned out that setting up a contracting company in California, a C-Corp made the most sense um, to separate the people from the work. Um, I also have uh, my my consulting business, Repishage Group. I originally started as a sole proprietor. And what I was finding was I was doing everything that we're telling people not to do. So I'm an expert at all the wrong things, (laughs) which is why I can speak on it now, what not to do. Um, But I was, it just got too complicated for me. And I found that switching my company to a corporation, first of all, allowed me to hire other people and set up payroll um, a little more seamlessly, but also it really caused the separation of the finances. So the corporation is the corporation. It has its own bank account. It has its own credit card. It has all of its own stuff. And then I'm just an employee of the corporation and it pays me payroll. Um, of course, I run the payroll because I'm the CEO of the corporation, but um, it I've, I have found that when it comes to be tax time at the end of the year, it's so much simpler for me. I have a corporation. I've, it's made money. I've spent, you know, spent money on specifics that were um, expenses for the, the corporation. And then what's left is not a whole lot because I've paid myself most of the money. And um, so there's not a lot of taxes there. And then I have a W-2 and I just file an, a 1040-EZ. So I found that to be a really good solution, but there, there certainly are other ways to do all of that. Um, and I know Kirsten will, will probably be able to tell us more about things like the S Corp, the LLC, um, and uh, the LLC election to be taxed as an S Corp and all of that kind of stuff. So Kirsten, take it away. Tell us more. Hi, Beth. Thank you. And hi, Tiffany. Um, so with, when I see clients coming in and asking, when do I look at this? When do I, when do I need to consider becoming an S corporation? And I want to put out there that first, there's a lot of legal advice to be obtained about what is going to be the best entity for your industry and where you are and how you're set up, um, whether it's a C corporation an S corporation or an LLC or partnership. Um, when they come to me and I'm ask, telling them on the tax side, it's when I'm showing them their self-employment income line on their tax return 
which is a separate tax than your income tax. You have both of those taxes adding into your tax liability, and they see that self-employment tax going upwards of 10,000 or more, saying, how do, I, how do I change this? You know, along with their other questions around um, legal liabilities with their assets, owning their home, potential of what happens if you're sued, all of these things are considered when choosing what kind of entity that you would become. So that legal advice as well as the tax advice from your experts is really crucial. It's worth the few hundred dollars you're going to pay for that hour consultation on those. Um, and to say about a C corporate, just some simple differences Taxation-wise, a C corporation is going to pay its own tax. And then it has salaries going out to the employees, including the officers. And then it has dividends going to the shareholders. And an S corporation is considered a pass-through. It does not pay its own tax federally. So its tax return may have a net profit, but there's no tax owed to the IRS it entirely gets passed through to the person or the people who own that S corporation. And then it gets put onto your personal tax return for income tax only. You don't pay self-employment tax on that pass-through amount coming from an S corporation. An LLC set up as a partnership will still be liable for that self-employment tax. There is an election to have an LLC and elect to have it taxed as an S corporation. And that removes that taxation of that self-employment tax from that partnership. So there's some key tax elements there. You might get legal advice to be an LLC, but tax advice to be taxed as an S corporation. So it gets confusing there. But just know that you've got good people on your team when you look for an attorney and a tax person who can help guide you through that. So it does get more complicated, but it can save you thousands of dollars by doing it. I have a quick question about all of that. So if I'm someone who's maybe in my first year of business as a freelancer, or even in my first couple of months, or even just thinking about it, do I need to start figuring this out now or do I need to wait until maybe I'm hitting a certain stride with the business to say, okay, maybe it's time now to start really investing in, in figuring out what I should be doing here? I think that looking at incorporating in the first year of starting out on a venture adds a lot of learning. It adds a lot of requirements. It adds a lot of potential complications when really your focus is on doing the business that you're doing. So my suggestion around that is be, you know, do the business that you're doing and be prepared for taxes that may be incurred out of it. Because it's easy to start a sole proprietorship you know, with a simple business license within your city and maybe a doing business as a DBA name for your company. That's easy to go and get and it's easy to leave behind if you end up not doing it after a year. 
jumping into a corporation without knowing all the different parameters of your business, your accounting, your taxes and things can be a little bit daunting, <clears throat> excuse me, and can get you into a little bit of trouble if you're not on top of those things. Because you'll have another tax return, you'll have some kind of annual reporting to your secretary of state, you know, saying, this is who's in charge of this business. And that generally is done every year. Sometimes it's every other year. Sometimes it's only when you make a change to that, that's going to be determined by your state. And it's the secretary of state website that you would be registering with um, to be an entity. So my advice to somebody who's just starting out a business is get your business going and be prepared for the taxation on it. And once you know that your business is there to stay for a little bit, you know, and that you're making money, then maybe make that move. But don't add that on into your first year. Okay. So it kind of sounds like, and this is um, a little bit of a, a sidetrack here, but just something I was thinking about. So when you're just getting started, just focus on the services you're trying to provide or product or whatever it is, and focus on just the bare bones, understanding your taxes, making sure you're setting aside the right money, um, getting your own bank account and your own credit card set up, just kind of these bare bones things and give yourself a little bit of a, um, a break in terms of this next step, this next level up. And then once you see that this is something that is making good money and you want to keep doing this for a while, maybe you need to hire someone or have a personal assistant or, or um, a virtual assistant. Personal assistant would be nice too, but a virtual assistant. <laughs> um, then it's time to, this is kind of like the next level, maybe in your second year, this is something you want to look into. Right. And generally what I see doing taxes is that a first year of a business that's the year that we're putting out a lot of money. And so the taxation on it may be less, but it gives you an idea of how much money, how much revenue you were able to generate. You know, you might be paying extra money for lawyers and counseling. You might be paying more for your setup, your, um, your blogging microphone setup, your computer, your um, office space. Um, so those deductions are going to help decrease your tax liability um, for that first year is, and I'm saying that generally, you know, um, every situation is going to be a little bit different. And if you're pulling in a lot of money and you don't have a lot of expenses, then maybe you jump into that conversation with your lawyer or your tax person. So what are some advantages and disadvantages of the different formats, the different corporate forms or the uh, entity forms. Um, is there any anything that jumps out at you, Kirsten, as like, re remember to always do this if you have an S-corp or anything specific that are red flags or things people should think about? So what I see when um, someone walks in the door and says, okay, I'm ready to do my taxes, oh my gosh, this is really exciting. I incorporated last year. I, they went online, they found some online legal thing that says incorporate here. And um, I've been on those sites and they give you a menu of services and they make it look like everything is optional. You don't really know which ones are required. And so, you know, this particular uh, tax client had incorporated his business and then did nothing about it 
told no one about it. So the election to become an S corporation didn't happen within the timeline. These layers and steps of incorporating and filing with the Secretary of State, with the IRS, with everywhere that they should have done didn't happen. And so now we're a whole year later after he incorporated trying to scramble and pull those things together. So um, advice would be if you're going to do that, seek advice first. Know what needs to happen once you do it. So know the complete decision. Rather than just making that decision and jumping into it, hold off until you know what are all the layers of this decision that you need to take on and make a checkoff list for yourself. Either you're going to pay somebody, you know, a larger amount to do all of those things for you and you know they're going to be done timely and correct, or you could take them on yourself if you've got your checkoff list. But there's multiple aspects and responsibilities to setting up an entity that should be known. And people can set up their own entity, although we're, we're not recommending it necessarily, but um, is it true that in every state, it's the secretary of state, like you should be able to look up SOS dot whatever um, in each state, and that would be where you could get more information? Is, is that consistent for all 50 states in the U.S.? And, and sorry for folks overseas, we're, we're kind of focusing on, on uh, national uh, corporations at this point. Right. I, I believe so. That is where you're going to register uh-huh. your entity and actually get that corporation or that LLC organization number. And that's what identifies you. And then with the federal government of the U.S., you're getting EIN, which is um, your identification number um, to file your taxes. It's, it's like the Social Security number for the company is what that is. And so those, you would get that by registering what kind of entity you are. And that's actually what solidifies that, yes, you have this name and you can market your business under this name. And it's generally through the Secretary of State. So what it sounds like to me is that you can go go online. There are services online or websites that you can go and actually go through the mechanics of this. But the important part, as usual, is the the upfront sort of planning and research. And what I'm hearing is that it's important to talk to someone who can actually have a conversation with you and get to know your particular business, what your goals are for the company, how it's been doing, what you're, where you're trying to take it and all of your really specific situation um, information so that they can help you make the right decision and then guide you to the place where you can then go through the mechanics of setting it up yourself. If that's something you want to do or pay them or someone else to actually go through and, and do the process. Is that, is that a good encapsulation there? Yeah, absolutely true. And that person may actually be able to give you that checklist based on where you live. Like these are the things that you need to sign up for, register for, have an online presence for, and be on top of, because there'll be a list with that entity. And again, there's a lot of advantages, uh, especially financial advantages and potentially legal advantages of doing this. So you need to be in that place to make that leap, to take on that checklist. 
I'll give you an example of something that I've seen people um, have happen when they kind of rush into incorporating. And that is in the state of California, corporations have to pay $800 a year minimum for state corporate tax. Um, whether you start your corporation in January or in December <laughs> for that year. And so what I have seen is folks that, you know, on November 13th say, you know, I'm, I'm going to incorporate. And what they're not realizing is no matter what part of the year you, you are um, incorporating for, you're going to still have to pay that tax. And so that's kind of a bummer. And that bill comes and they're like, uh-oh. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> and then the calendar flips over to January 1st, and then you owe that $800 again for the next year. So timing and planning are really important in, in this conversation. Absolutely. And having that, that expert person who you're discussing this with and planning it with, when you have, you've set up an S corporation and say in November, and you paid your 800 and you only have those two months of November and December as an S corporation income and expenses. And maybe there aren't even, there isn't even that much income in December, say, but you still have to do your tax return. March 15th is the entity. It's a month beforehand. If you are late in filing that tax return, penalties start. So being responsible for an entity, the government will penalize in a different way um, entities rather than a personal tax return. If you do not file an extension or your tax return by March 15th, it's a $250 per month per partner or shareholder penalty. So, and that's every month for up to six months after that filing. So you wanna make sure that you are in cahoots, that you are coordinating with that tax person. They know every step that you're taking. Even if they're not helping you with the incorporation, they know that you're doing it. They know when things are due, the dates are set in their system and they can help remind you that an extension needs to happen, that your numbers need to be in or filed by a certain time. Um, pulling in that person to help out or having a partner in the business who's going to be on top of that due date and calendar is gonna be very important for an entity so that you don't, so that you're not surprised by these penalties that pop up that can cost you a pretty penny. I have a question. I'm not sure who this is, who would be best to answer, or maybe it's both of you, but is there a situation of a company just getting started um, based on maybe the type of business they're going to be doing where they should research this from day one before they really get too far down the line? You mean incorporating? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because we had just well, said, you know, maybe wait, ease into it, get your first year under your belt. But is there something like maybe here's a great example. And I don't know if this is, if it, maybe it's not a good example, but a friend of mine, he's starting, he just started a business where he sells um, really high end dog treats randomly. And so that's going to be a product. He has an e-commerce business going. Um, you know, are there any businesses out there that are providing specific services or products that this is something they should look into from day one or before they even get started? 
Yeah, I would say it would depend on the level of complication of your business. I mean, if you're a freelancer who's providing a service, going into a sole proprietorship is fairly straightforward. Um, if you're if you're intending to have ten employees and manufacture something and lease a building, or you know, the more complicated it gets, the more you want the organization to stand on its own. Um, if you're having considerations about like I want to pass this business off to somebody else at some point, you know, and I don't want this to be tied to me, those are all considerations for starting corporations. Absolutely. And if you're starting a business with another person, with another person that's not your spouse, they are a partner, they're going to be another officer, um, that can also get very complicated as you're no longer a sole proprietor at that point, right? You're going to be an entity in what you're doing. And so getting advice as to how to structure that partnership and what that looks like is going to be important and the legal advice can help you on the setup of that and then getting the tax advice so that way you know how is it being split how is that pass through going to this person and that person is it 50 50 is it 30 70 based on the work that's being done or their contribution to get the business started so I agree with Beth of following the complications. If you have a lot of questions and it's not just simply going out there and doing landscaping or doing graphic design on your own where it's not impacting another being, you know, being a sole proprietor and running on your own is, you know, simple and it's fine. As you have more questions of how do I handle this? How do I handle that? Create that list of questions and then go seek that advice. And maybe it is a better situation to have a container what i've learned in the past about containers creating an entity is creating the structure the container to hold what it is that you're doing and so a lot of times people have really great ideas they're just out there they want to go do it but with no container it gets really messy and when you have a container that's well thought out it's planned, questions got answered by experts, you have people helping you. It creates a safety net of expectation and it creates a freedom that you can go and do your thing knowing that you know how the money is going to flow. There isn't going to be an argument of who pays what or claims what or is responsible for what. So that container is very important in getting all of the expert advice, who's going to be handling those responsibilities and getting that set up before you start bringing in money that now needs to be shared. Yeah, that's a really, really good point because money can make things weird. And so having a structure and having a plan in place before all of the millions that you're going to make start hitting your bank <laughs> <laughs> is yeah that can just remove some of that emotion and just say hey this is what we're doing so i like i like that was a good um sort of breakdown there well i i, I know we're on a time schedule today so i i 
think I want to begin to wrap up today, but I think having Kirsten join us today was such a brilliant idea. And um, I would, in fact, love to have her on another time to talk about other things, if that's possible. What do you think, Tiffany? Of course, I've already planted the seed in her brain to start thinking of any courses that she may want to be producing for our uh, collective here. So hopefully that seed, we can just keep watering it little by little and it can blossom into a full on course that people can can buy and, and just help to educate themselves on all of this. But I think I think really the moral of the story and the moral of the story when it comes to anything you don't understand, especially as it relates to finances and taxes, is to just go talk to experts, ask around in your, your group, your friend groups, in uh, your local SBDCs, um, wherever it is, find someone that you like, that you trust, that you, that is educated and certified, make sure you do your homework on that and just get their advice and pay for that. And don't be stingy about paying for expert advice on these types of things, because it's really important. It'll save you down the road. Kirsten, is there anything else that you wanted to um, end on as we wrap up this conversation about when you might consider incorporating? Well, I just wanted to say thank you both very much for having me on your show. I think this is such a fabulous idea. And this is information that I say over and over and over again, as many people are starting to ask these questions. So I think it's wonderful to share it on the internet so that people have access to this and gaining more specific questions for when I do classes online that I can answer the specific questions for people is a great idea and I would love to do that. So um, yeah, and as for when you're ready, it's, it's knowing how complicated your world is right now, you know, and seeking or asking those questions and, um, and gaining information around it. Because if it's overwhelming to you, the whole thought of all of these requirements, then steer clear of it for a while until you're actually wanting the help of what this structure can provide for you. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe it's just, it gets to a tipping point where you're like, all right, it's time. I need to get help with all of this. And, and you'll know that intuitively. Right. Especially if you're by yourself, if you're on your own and it's simple while it's on your own, then maybe you're okay staying there the first year and understanding what your taxes are going to look like and then making a shift from there. Yeah. You know, exactly. If you're starting out in a, in a bigger concept, a more complex concept, then you're going to need those questions answered before you can even get started. Kirsten, she can be found at balancedtax.solutions. We will link to uh, her website in the show notes. There's a couple other things we'll link to as well. And um, as always, please let us know if you have any feedback or any requests for content. We are always open to adding that into our content calendar, finding experts to bring onto the podcast to answer your questions. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Kenza Collective. And you can always go to our website, KenzaCollective.com, sign up for our newsletter, check out the resources we have there for you and uh, stay in touch. And we hope you have a really great day. We'll talk to you next time.